2: Hey guys, it's Travis Cronin here for Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Sarah Huron. Hello, hello, Travis. And the lovely and talented Gwen Flamberg. Well, hello. Not that you aren't lovely and talented too, Sarah. We're gonna bring you all of Hollywood's hottest gossip of the week. We have Carol Baskin insisting she did not kill her husband, an heiress making a lot of very, very shocking confessions, all new friends show with an all black cast, uh, Victoria Beckham Fashion Week, Kaya Gerber Love Update, Laura Con- Lauren Conrad reflecting on the hills, and 90 Day Fiance star deported but also trying to look like kylie jenner and of course royals updates but first before we talk about all of this hot hollywood gossip i want us to set some intentions. this is not for us we're doing great but this is only for celebrities we want to say what they to start doing or stop doing sarah huron who is your intention for today you
0: know travis i'm
2: so happy you asked <laughs>
0: Because my first intention is for Jax Taylor and Brittany Cartwright of Vanderpump Rules not yeah. to start any more fires in California with their inev- inevitable over-the-top gender reveal. Oh. As we know now, Stasi is pregnant, Lala is pregnant, Brittany is pregnant, which would mean three of the major Vanderpump Rules, former, past, present, whatever you want to call them, stars,
2: yeah. are pregnant. they're stars.
0: The second part of my intention would be that Tom and Katie come through with their announcement any day now, as I previously predicted that all four of them would be pregnant by the end of the year. So I need my credibility to stay good and have (laughs) Katie get pregnant. I think they're all going to have girls. That's my next prediction. Okay. You're all going to have girls. And, that Vanderpump Rules will never come back as Vanderpump Rules again.
2: I think those are very solid intentions and assumptions, especially for the show not coming back ever again because they're all pregnant. I think the show's lost its luster. Who, you know, it's just drunk parents like fighting with each other is a little different than like single bartenders in L.A.
0: Especially when the kids are so young, like it gets it's too, and you can't fight like yell at pregnant people. That's like not cool, and no right. one likes that show when they're getting along. So. There's a lot going on, but I don't need it on my TV. And
2: what new parent is like leaving their house five days a week to go drinking with their friends? (laughs) Maybe
1: Jax Taylor, but I still don't (laughs) want to see it.
2: (laughs) All right, Gwen, who is your intention for this week?
1: My intention is for a gentleman known as Prince Harry.
2: Oh, I've never heard of him.
1: That's also The Duke of Sussex. Uh, Yeah. He still has his title, even though she is going to be stripped of hers anyway. So perhaps you saw this week that Prince Harry cut his hair.
2: I did. I did.
1: See cut it. his hair into a into more of a like sleek do, and it damn near broke the internet. If you guys haven't seen the picture yet, please go to usmagazine.com/stylish and check it out. But my intention for Prince Harry is actually to grow his hair, get scruffy. You're living in California now. In fact, Santa Barbara, where there are surfers. And you need to look a little bit more laid back, hot Prince Ginge. So lean into COVID hair
2: and... Grow it out, baby. Anyone who's listening right now in the comments, please. I know this is a polarizing opinion because I also do not want Harry's hair that long, but if you agree with Gwen and think he should get a California shag, please do. I'm really interested to read all of these. My intention this week is for Brielle Bierman. And Brielle Bierman, I think we really only hear of when she's dating someone or changing, you know, her appearance drastically. And just a little sick of her like slowly going brunette and like slowly going blonde stories that I see everywhere. And while I think her face evolution is super, super interesting, I want like a dramatic cut. I want like a purple lob, a purple bob, something that's like really like actually dramatic because America's so invested in her facial features as am I, but when you're someone like how the Kardashians got famous we were interested in what they look like, you really need to show out and like, give me a little something. Let's get it kicked off with some news. and Women Who Definitely Didn't Kill Their Husband's News, Carol Baskin is, of course, still on Dancing with the Stars, much to everyone's shock because she's not that great of a dancer. And she is being sued by her late husband's family um, for sort of making fun of the fact that she killed him and covered up her death, but it's a little bit of a stretch. So they were saying that the judges said that she was, quote, killing it and that Carol was complicit in these jokes about her ex-husband Don's death because she didn't correct them for killing it, and that they're stating that Carol should have put her foot down when a Dancing with the Stars judge says, you didn't quite kill the Paso Doble. It was kind of sedated. And the family takes umbrage with the use of kill and sedated. <laughs> I mean, is this ridiculous? Is this like, what, what do you guys think?
1: I mean, I think that Carol Baskin, quite honestly, is the gift that will keep on giving.
0: Right. I mean, it was so obvious last night when Carol Baskin and that basketball player whose name I can't remember right now were in the bottom two on Dancing with the Stars, and they voted to save Carol, obviously, for the ratings. So, this is not the first kill joke, and it probably won't be the last.
1: <laughs> I think it's going to be a season of Carol Baskin killing it, if you know what I mean.
0: I don't know. I think it was almost worse that Derek Huff like did the uh, version of the savage remix because that really implies that Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. And he didn't sing it, but he sang like his own version of it. Yeah. And that was a little bit much for me. And you
2: could sort of tell that he was taught like that he was singing like the Carol Baskin, like absolutely whacked killed her husband. Yeah.
1: I totally understand why her late first husband's family is
2: what okay. they are. Yeah. I do too, but I just think that sort of that she's like, oh, please don't say I killed the pasta Doble because like, I mean, what is she supposed to say? I feel like that would like draw more attention to it. But again, I get where they're coming from. Well, let's talk about another blonde lady who's in the news. I am way more excited about this story because I genuinely loved watching the new Paris Hilton documentary. This is Paris on YouTube. I, you know, was such a Paris stand throughout all the odds, probably the reason I work at Us Weekly. And she's definitely the reason we all take selfies and have filters. And we have people who are famous for being famous. But Paris opened up a lot in the documentary and had some really shocking claims. She, of course, talked about her sex tape and how that was released right in her early teen years with someone that she trusted, and they showed the clip um, of um, Little Richie, as I like to call him, the other member of the sex tape, when he was saying, you know, you can see the full-color version on trustfundgirls.com, and it was clearly him that leaked it and all the devastation that came behind that but the real revelation which i want us to talk about is Provo Canyon School in Utah so mm-hmm. paris says that she has a recurring nightmare of men breaking into her room tearing from her, tearing her from her bed and just absconding with her and you sort of think it's maybe a reference to the kim kardashian robbery why she's having this and then you finally found out that she actually had this experience happen to her when she was 15 years old at her home in New York, which was at that time, I think the Plaza, And two men did come in, grab her from her bed, drag her out of her home. And then her parents just stood by the door, like crying, watching her leave. And she was taken to this horrible boarding school in Utah. Now, before I let you weigh in, the the craziest thing was that she said it was an abusive environment. They gave her pills, mystery pills. She she, wasn't told what they were, which sort of makes sense. But when she refused them, she was put into solitary confinement without clothing, Sometimes for 20 hours a day, she also said that some of the staff members seem to get off on torturing children and like to watch her naked and it was just it was cuckoo bananas to hear all of this. So here and I know you loved the documentary too. what were your thoughts.
0: Yes, I did love the documentary. I thought it was really well done and it started as something totally different than it turned into. We were just kind of following Paris's life. We saw um, her current boyfriend at the time of the documentary be kind of insane, a little bit of stuff about her anxiety and how much money she's made and her career and stuff like that. And that was interesting, but it got very, very real when she started opening up about this past abuse. And my favorite parts were when she brought in like her old classmates. Mm-hmm. from the school because they were obviously just like regular citizens who yeah. had not seen Paris Hilton in years. And you could tell they were partly like shell shocked. They were sitting in her mansion talking about this. And they had also, you know, been through so much and they were survivors of this insane school. So I loved seeing that softer side and seeing them come together. But what really like just blew my mind was Kathy Hilton yeah. saying she didn't know that this was happening at the school. And even the fact that they needed – they felt the need to wake her up in the middle of the night and take her there versus, you know, talking to her about it or – just go visiting the school as a family or something. The, I mean, she kept harping on the being kid, feeling like she was being kidnapped and taken in the middle of the night, and that was seemed like the most traumatizing part, which I understand. But that is almost the part that could have been avoided.
2: Yeah, exactly. It was, it was really, it was really strange. Gwen, what are your thoughts on Paris opening up in this way?
1: I, I thought that it was really refreshing that she opens up in this way, and that we heard, um, you know, that her life wasn't all like. Chihuahuas and pink right you know, I think that people have a very predisposed ideas of who she is and what her privilege was like so this is a total game changer I find that whole story about the boarding school quote boarding school um, so disturbing especially because I mean her parents were crying as she was going out the door who do you think? Like, come to the school. Like, why did they send her away to this school? I mean, it was really, really disturbing.
2: Well, the the reason they sent her away to the school, she was 14, 15 years old. Gwen, you grew up in New York City. You understand that when you're 14, 15, and you can get into clubs with fake IDs, with fake friends, restaurants will serve you. New York City is sort of a whole different ball game in terms of underage partying. So when she was 14, 15 years old, she was sneaking out and going to nightclubs. The
1: thing is, is that, This clearly was the experience that traumatized her into acting out for the rest of her life. So I think that this very public discussion about it, you know, might maybe she'll have an act, too, that she can be really
2: proud of now, you know. I think she can too. I also thought it was so sad in the beginning of the documentary when she was talking about that her fans are sort of the only loved ones in her lives, and she was like, the only people that understands me are like her her little Hiltons that she calls them, and it was just it was a really really like sad moment in the documentary. But if you haven't watched it, it's not an hour of my forty five hour forty five minutes of my life I want back. I thought it was really really interesting and way more in depth than I thought. But speaking of, you know, tearing teenagers away from their homes to go to boarding school, Paris was on the Drew Barrymore show this week. And Mm. Drew Barrymore shared that we, of course, you know, Gwen, you've said it a bunch of times that she was a wild child in her you for a yeah and drew said the exact same thing happened to her that she was taken by men in the middle of the night without her parents knowing her and brought to this awful not even military like like half psych ward half like school for troubled youth
1: drew was already an addict as a kid so i believe she was taken to a, to a rehab facility but you know super traumatic and i hope you know i love drew so much i think that she is like the best friend we all want to have and hopefully she can take paris under her wing now and you know kind of help her just meet a better lifestyle you know a lifestyle that she can be really proud of and feel good about and all that
0: yeah, Drew said that the difference was that it ultimately saved her life and she wouldn't change a thing because, as we know, Drew had these intense addiction issues at such a young age. But Paris was telling her that she believes her parents overreacted to her you know, teenage rebellion yeah. and she didn't deserve um to go to this school
2: which i think we can all agree and not it's not like when she got out of the school she stopped going to clubs and hard partying it's not like it fixed her
1: it it got way worse right and that's the thing i mean honestly kathy hilton lazy parenting to have sent paris off like
2: that it was rough well let's hope she follows drew barrymore and not another talk show host who made her debut again this year ellen came back and she had it was sort of a, let's say a mixed bag of reactions mostly negative to her apology i use in quotation marks she started off by saying if you're watching If you're watching because you love me, thank you. If you're watching because you don't love me, welcome. And then she sort of had this awkward, I had a great summer, like nervous smile, super terrific. And like tried to make it really awkward and funny, which is very Ellen. But then she sort of, you know, shifted the blame and to herself for a second and said, I take this very seriously. And then she says that all of her 240 staff members on the show are happy and proud to be working here. Uh, I, don't
1: I don't know how happy or proud many of them are <laughs> I just
0: thought it was so bizarre how quickly she like went back into joking about it she literally was like joking about how people can't look her in the eye when that was kind of one of the accusations and also like her defense of I'm human I'm not just the be kind lady like I get mad I get whatever too like yeah we all do but not everyone has an um, entire like staff saying that we're,
2: they're being mistreated And the former staff members, BuzzFeed was the one who really broke the story open and spoke to, you know, tens of former employees. And they talked to a lot of them again. And they were really, really angry um, that she was putting it on the staffers and not taking responsibility and, like, completely joking about it. And, like, it was sexual misconduct. It was all of these things. And it just seemed something that, like, shouldn't really be funny. Sarah, did you yeah. believe her apology at all?
0: Um, no. I mean, I don't even know if I would – I guess it was an apology. It was just, like, whatever. But I don't think it's going to affect her because Ellen's one of those people. She reminds me kind of like Stassi on Vanderpump Rules. Like, I kind of think the Tamron Hall interview almost did – Stassi – it didn't really make you like her more. Like, I respected her for doing it, and um, it was definitely – Tamron was tough on her, as I yeah. think she should be. But I think that people who love Stassi are going to love Stassi. People who love Ellen are going to love Ellen. They're not going to change their mind. They are both kind of people who have these like cult followings. So as someone who never really was obsessed with Ellen to begin with, it didn't exactly change my mind.
2: I mean, I will say that I used to watch Ellen Tube all the time for her like giving back hundreds of thousands of dollars to needy family because I'm a sucker for that type of emotion porn. But yeah, not not all about it. But I will say that, you know, for her, it was the highest ratings her show has had since 2016, which I'm sure was a lot of intrigue. But we'll see if next week that this horrible trauma will translate into ratings because sometimes that's how it goes. All right, Sarah, take us into what happened to your favorite or least favorite couple. We can't tell week from week, Scott Disick and Sophia Richie.
0: They are not my favorite couple. You know I'm a Scott and um, Courtney apologist. I was
2: kidding. I was kidding. I was kidding.
0: Um, Well, we know Us Weekly, I believe, might have been the one to break the news that Scott and Sophia had fizzled out again after getting back together over the summer breaking up over the summer, they had kind of an on and off summer. Um, And as always, Sophia is posting on Instagram and Scott is in the comments the same way he does with Courtney. And I believe he was sure happy um, Jewish New Year that they're not back together. But Scott does do this thing where he pops in and out of Sophia's life. So don't be surprised if you see some more flirty comments coming.
2: See, I thought the Shana Tova was sort of like a shady comment, like have a nice year without me. But I mean, the whole world took it differently. So we're gonna take it a flirty comment. It's not how I saw it and if I was writing Happy New Year on an X, it sure wouldn't be positive. But I guess I guess that's just me and he's more elevated than I am. I don't like that. That's disgusting. Let's go into some lighter news um, that I'm very excited about. So Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us and Gabrielle Union of uh, Bring It On and just being an amazing person fame.
1: And mother. Um,
2: and an amazing mother to a gorgeous trans daughter, couple goals, just amazing.
1: James, I'm like obsessed with that whole family.
2: I, I am also obsessed with that whole family. Whenever I see Gabrielle Union name in a headline, I want to know it all. And I'm already a fan. And she brought us in even more. And her and Sterling are doing a free event hosted by Gabrielle. Um, to benefit When We All Vote, an organization that encourages voting, of course. And they will be recreating Friends with an all-Black cast. And they will be recreating The One Where No One's Ready, and just in case, you know, you aren't huge friend stands, that's when um, Ross has the gang accompany him to a benefit at the museum that he works at and they can't be late. Monica's stalking Richard. Rachel can't decide what to wear. And then Phoebe spills hummus on her dress and Chandler and Joey fight over the couch cushions. Memorable. I mean, what do we think of this new cast?
1: I think it's really exciting. Oh,
2: my God. It's such good news. It's such I good think, news.
0: I Go think ahead. it's a cool idea. I'm just, like, over Zoom stuff, so I don't watch anything that's done on Zoom anymore. But happy for all, everyone else is going to watch it.
2: I mean, Zoom fatigue is real, Sarah. We all feel it, but we have to take what entertainment is given to us, and an all-black Sterling K. Brown, Gabrielle Union Friends is something that I will Zoom for. But it's
0: only the one episode, right?
2: It's just the one episode, but it's a good episode. After
0: the Emmys, I don't need to watch anyone video chat ever again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, maybe after this one episode, they'll actually talk into bringing it. Maybe this is just a little dip, the little toe in the pond for an all-black, for like, Friends living in the city. Someone who, you know, I guess I do want the best for them just because I think I'm a nice person. Uh, Kaya Gerber and Jacob Elderoy uh, on a vacation with Jacob Kaya. Jacob
1: Alordi. Jacob God. Alordi.
2: God, sorry. Maybe he once he gets more famous, I'll say it right. Jacob Alordi. Maybe this is the week. All right. So Kaya Gerber and Jacob Alordi were on vacation with her family in Cabo. They wrenched out this amazing villa and there's all these pictures of them in the little pool or hot tub outside. You can see Cindy and Randy in them. And it's like already a couple's vacation with the family. ahead. I know you stand this family and have some thoughts.
1: Here's why I love this pairing so much. Kaya has finally found a dude worthy of not just her beauty, but her whole family's beauty. Mm-hmm. You gotta admit that like Jacob Elordi fits in a little bit better in the fam vacay. Than Pete Davidson would have. (laughs)
2: That's, yes. Am
1: I right?
2: Yes, (laughs) you're right. right. In the the Christmas card, he's way better.
1: Yes. I mean, I think Kaya's like a little young to be in a really serious relationship. Mm -hmm. But if ever there was one for her to be in, I mean, these two are like smoking hot. Like otherworldly smoking hot together i'm into it
0: what's also interesting about her in general is she also brought her parents into the pete davidson relationship very quickly and she's doing the same thing with jacob so i don't know if with pete it almost seemed like she needed their help and she was worried about him and she was yeah. like i need to call and back up because he was in a rough place this i don't know what exactly it is but it's interesting that she you know is bringing boyfriends on family vacations like after they were walking in the city twice holding hands
2: Well, you know, that's why Hollyweird is Hollywood and why we're talking about them, because they do weird things. And just in case the listeners don't remember, yes, when Kaya was dating Pete, there was sort of photos of an altercation on the street outside of the apartment. And it didn't seem like quite the family dinner. It seemed more of like a help. My boyfriend's crazy and I don't know if I should break up with him or get him help sort of situation. But Jacob Elordi, Elordi, Elordi. Um, well, something else happened this Sunday, the Emmys, and I, I, I I agree, boo, their lowest ratings for good measure, but you know, let's try to, before we trash them, I want to hear everyone's silver lining and favorite part about the Emmys. Gwen Flamberg, your favorite part.
1: I have two favorite parts that I really need to discuss. Yeah, good. The first is that I'm so thrilled that Schitt's Creek just, swamped everyone. I mean, they took home every award. Is it was it everything that they were nominated for? So I mean, I yeah. It yeah. And, the, and it
2: was the first six that were even called out in the night, which made it like so crazy. It was like shit's crazy shit's over and over.
1: And I love that they were celebrating together in Canada. I thought that was really cute. I and mean, I just loved the show and I loved so much what it stands for. And I loved how eloquently Eugene and Dan Levy, the father-son team who created and store in Schitt's Creek, conveyed this in their acceptance speeches that really it's a show about love being the ultimate savior and kind of like being happy with who you are and where you are in your life and that love rules all. And I thought that, that was a really amazing message for right now. The other thing that I was really obsessed with, I mean, Zendaya.
2: Uh, we just talked about
1: Zendaya's Those were my... So then oh <sighs> she first her first look oh. uh, by Christopher John Rogers, her stylist, Law Roach, Instagrammed it early in the night. She had a very sleek little side parted kinds of chignon. It was an incredibly kind of like modern, modern, cool princessy kinds of vibe. But yeah. length, length it was really awesome. Very colorful. But then for the end of the night, when she accepted her award, which made history, and I'll let you get into that, Sarah, since you're the youngest person on our team and you can really relate to that. But when she accepted that award, she was wearing an absolutely breathtaking two-piece Armani Privé gown that just freaking blew me away with a new hairdo, natural curls, gorgeous, like colorful makeup. I mean, she's just, she's like a doll. I love her. I'm a genius, genius actor. So congrats, Zendaya, you deserved it. And thank you for bringing us the red carpet moment that we needed without an actual red carpet.
2: A long time from, you know, step it up with Bella Thorne or got to- Kick it up. Kick, I was going to say, kick it up, got to step it up, (laughs) kick it up, whatever. Zendaya wants us to forget. Sarah, what what, what, what are your thoughts on Zendaya and why was it, you know, iconic that she won this year?
0: Um, It was iconic because she became the youngest woman to ever win um that award best actress in a drama yeah. it was previously set actually last year by jody comer from killing eve who i think was 26. um mm-hmm. zendaya just turned 24. she's incredible in euphoria so deserved i love that show i just watched it like a few weeks ago so i was happy for her i was happy for everyone who went from succession i love that show i mm-hmm. love schitt's creek so i was actually pretty happy with all the winners i just thought it was really dumb like the whole setup um, yeah. i don't know what else they could have done but i did love the guys in the hazmat suits Mostly what we saw on social media of people posting when they didn't win, how the guys, the hazmat suits were waiting outside with Emmy, like walking away. Like, I think they should have leaned into that on the show more. If you were getting all that on Instagram, I should have seen Jimmy Kimmel, like dressed up like that or something.
2: We got a little bit of that when Jennifer Aniston was there and they were taking, you know, the winner Emmy piece of paper. And then they're like, let's sanitize it and like lit it on fire and threw it. And then it's she really funny. The was sure
1: my favorite moments, by the way,
2: that was one of my favorite moments, too. I thought I think, Sarah, you're right, that they should have leaned into like, this is all so crazy. Let's just make it a crazy. You know, it's still a show. That was what the 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 Jennifer putting out the fire was my favorite. I also love later when, you know, she accepted award. Courtney Cox was there and she's like, oh, Courtney's there. And she's like, oh yeah, she's been my roommate, you know, since 1994. And then like Lisa Kudrow came out and it was like a mini All the Ladies of Friends reunion, which I thought was great.
1: We needed that moment of joy
2: i agree and i'm glad that the ladies like knew that we needed that moment of joy and like you know they like they've been doing a little bit more friend stuff in the last year but before that we almost got no content and they're like all right worlds in flames we'll give them us together smiling looking beautiful totally. I, I also liked randall park from fresh off the boat um that his co-host was an alpaca uh <laughs> wearing a bow tie and he thought it was gonna be al pacino but it was an alpaca i don't know why i thought that was so funny but i really 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 did Let's get into one of the messiest, most open couples, in, you know, in Hollywood. Sarah Huron, tell us about Jana Kramer and Mike C. Boo, her baby Boo, and the tell-all book, and what is going on.
0: Well, you know, I wished a long time ago. Well, not wished. I made an intention. Sorry, wished is horrible. I, I, Bad karma. I threw it out there that I wouldn't be shocked if Jana Kramer and Mike Cossin got divorced. Instead, I got a book that I have not read, but I have read several stories about. The biggest takeaways for me were this. Mike low-key blamed the fact that his 16-year-old girlfriend broke his heart on all of his problems. He said, the summer lovin' was over, and I slowly became jaded and more selfish, reconciling this heartbreak by resolving to never let it happen again. So I've only dated a few women in my life. Most of my relationships can be described more as, quote, talking to, which essentially means we're sleeping together, but I never committed enough to get feelings involved. And when I did commit, I inevitably cheated. I couldn't be alone. Like, homie, blaming this on your 16-year-old girlfriend is insane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wild, wild. I mean, and like, that's, you're a teenager. I just, no comprendo, no comprendo. I'm glad that we're sort of getting a tell-all book because we've gotten so much from them. But now I think that fans of theirs, which I am not, um, are getting the whole story. Um, And don't, you know, have to listen to Wind Down every week like Sarah.
0: Yeah. Um, The other big thing was Jana talking about when she was on Dancing with the Stars and, you know, Us Weekly broke the story. Shout out to us, I guess. Hey. Um, but she was talking about how when she was d- on the show in 2016, which was right after, as she likes to call it, Discovery Day—the day they learned of Mike's affairs and sex addiction—so right. right. she was on Disney with the Stars around the same time as Discovery Day, and Mike was in rehab and treatment. And she one real um, revealed that he filed for divorce. He was the one who filed for divorce, not her, because he wanted to see the kid, and she was right. like keeping the kid from her him um so that was interesting and she was like how pissed she was that he he was the one who filed for divorce like what the hell that should have been my role which i kind of understand and she also admitted that she had a few flings and flirts during her time on dancing with the stars when he was in treatment um she didn't name names but she said quote i held back putting this in the book because well i never thought i did anything wrong correction i knew it was wrong i just didn't want to be the bad guy i justified my actions in my mind just as i suppose mike had done all along too why is she comparing herself to Mike? They were separated. And she slept with someone else, who cares? I, these
2: people drove me nuts. Don't tell anybody, let's keep this tight. Unfortunately, obviously things came out That's this weekly cover, and I couldn't really control much of that. Other people that have driven me nuts for years, but now I can rest. Lauren Conrad finally has discussed her time on the Hills for the first time in what seems like centuries, decades, a long time. Um, she was on Whitney Port's podcast, which is Dear Media's With Wit. And you know, spoiler alert, they were, you know, honest and nice with each other. Whitney brought up the fact that she gets the question, are you and Lauren still friends all the time? I have personally asked her that question. So I get why she asks, I know that she gets asked all the time. And she says, my answer to them is always, you know, it's friends that you went to college with good friends that you had really special experiences with that you always have love for, but don't always keep in touch with, cause that's what it was. And then Lauren Conrad sort of felt like, she's like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt about it before. And when she left the Hills, she's like, I couldn't be under the magnifying glass my, anymore, I fell into that bucket of, maybe she really doesn't want to see me anymore. Lauren just like wanted like out from the Hills, didn't want the microscope. And that was sort of where they left it, which I think fans knew, but Hills fans, Sarah Huron, what were your thoughts on Lauren and Whitney coming together and actually talking about, you know, the Hills and all that?
0: Um, I mean, I love it. I I think The Hills is one of those shows. It's funny. Like I loved watching it, but After it ended, everything that came out afterwards was almost more interesting. So I loved hearing them talk about it. I know they're doing a part two next week where Whitney's going to ask more specific questions about The Hill's new beginnings and Lauren's thoughts on that. So I'm really into that. Um, It always made me sad that Lauren kind of wouldn't talk about the show. It was nice to hear her talk about it. I'm happy they're still friends. I really want to know what happened between Lauren and Lo Bosworth because Lo unfollowed Lauren on Instagram. And that is more interesting to me because Whitney's kind of always been, you know, neutral. I'm I'm happy that they did it. And I love, I love Lauren. I'm always going to love Lauren. I can't help it.
1: <laughs> Even though
0: I, as I've gotten older, I realize that Kristen Cavallari is also a queen and it takes, you know, you have to grow up and realize that we can love them both. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into it.
2: I know. Well, speaking of Kristen Cavallari, she spoke out for the first time since her divorce separation, almost finalized divorce with Jake Cutler, iconic, you know, mean person and football stud. Um, Sarah, can you, what can you tell us about, you know, what she said today?
0: Um, yes, yeah, she is promoting her new cookbook, which how exciting is that? Kristen uh, Cavallari, <laughs> <laughs> True Roots or whatever. It was nice to finally hear from her. She was talking about how she thought it was fun funny that everyone used to call her and Jay couple goals because she was like, quote unquote, if people only knew. She also said, we tried really, really hard for years. It didn't happen overnight. It was the hardest decision I've ever made. I still care about him so much. And we talk almost every day. A year ago, I felt like I was drowning. I'm really proud for making this decision. I feel like my whole world is opening up now because of it. And I just feel the best I have in a long time. We were 23 when we got together. We just grew up. When you work on something for so many years and nothing's changing, I think you just have to make the decision. We just want to be happy. So, um, you know, kind of classic. Makes sense. They got together when they were young and she, you know, they had this reality show and they were putting on personas. And I think sometimes when you
1: take a step back and realize that you've been like acting in your own life, maybe maybe it's time to end the marriage. Maybe not so great. They do, do have an awful lot of kids, you know. a lot of kids. <laughs> Three kids. Three yeah. children, you know, with, yeah, interesting. But- all the power to her. I find her really relatable in a way that I didn't during the original Hills, you know, like it's a really important and and interesting comment that you made, Sarah, that like, you know, they were all almost like too young on the Hills. They didn't really have personalities that were fully formed. And I, I found, I didn't like her at all back in the Hills days, Mm -hmm. but I find her to be the one who's like the most relatable now. And the one whose life you know, I think people will want to emulate being true, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Lauren's awesome. She is such a like picture perfect everything as she always did. But, you know, I think it's hard for people to believe that that's reality, you know?
2: Yeah. And we were, and what a spoiler alert, like we like Kristen better now. Um, And I will say that, you know, while she's not my like, cooking person of choice i will say that lauren conrad's entertaining book gave me um the vanilla frosting and sprinkles on popcorn trick which i still do and i'm sure she took it from somewhere else but god bless it and whenever Wait, I- vanilla frosting and sprinkles on popcorn that that sounds so good yes look up the recipe it's in her book entertaining and it is just like such an amazing snack vanilla frosting and a little bit of rainbow sprinkles yeah. like, on your popcorn it is delicious especially you know if you're craving something sweet and salty and it's you know let's talk about a woman who i literally only cared about because we reported her a lot on usweekly.com but now i'm a little more interested do either of you guys watch 90 day fiance
1: no i can't ever watch it like religiously because i don't have enough time to do that really when you start watching 90 day you fall down a rabbit hole that is deeper than any rabbit hole I go down in any other aspect of my life.
2: I agree. I got into uh, before the ninety days, and that was a rabbit hole of five days. I was speaking <laughs> to my mom yesterday, and she's like, "I've been watching Ninety Day Fiance for the last like you can't six. Stop. Can't you just stop." Can't no.
1: stop.
2: One of the breakout stars, whose name is actually Larissa. Um, Larissa was married to Colt Johnson on the show for the 90 days. And over the weekend, Larissa was arrested by ICE. And she was giving a hearing day to determine whether she'll stay in America or be deported back to Brazil. And when she got out, which was nice, she says everyone at ICE was nice to her and that her new boyfriend, Eric, bailed her out. Larissa was charged with three counts of domestic violence against her ex, Colt Johnson. And then recently she spent $72,000 on plastic surgery to look more like Kylie Jenner. What did you get, are you wondering? Oh, don't worry, I got the rundown. So Larissa's procedures included breast implants, a Brazilian butt oh. lift... A nose job a little extra liposuction that maybe like wasn't put into her butt for the butt lift and then a bunch of Botox and fillers literally going for a Kylie Jenner thing and she started an only account
1: you know they were always a very odd pairing to me she just seemed much flashier than him you know from the very beginning
2: yeah yeah they were I mean I think all couples on 90 day Fiance are odd pairings and sort of have that weird um, one has the money one has the Looks dynamic, but Kinda. with Melissa and Colt, it was just taken to the extreme. Yeah. And now she's taking it to the extreme, and you know she does. She does look a little bit like Kylie Jenner, like a porn star version. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I could, I could see it.
2: Let's move on to Harry and Megan. In Us Weekly's issue on stands right now, a source tells us that they are ready for another baby. The source says now that they're comfortable in their new home and everything else um, in their lives is more locked in, it's baby time and they can't wait to start that process. Gwen, what do you think of the prospect that they're trying for baby number two?
1: I mean, I think that, you know, if she's, they want to have another baby. She wants to have that baby before she turns forty. Yes. But you know, I'm just gonna miss. I really liked like her whole maternity wardrobe. I liked when they did that tour to you know when they were in like New Zealand and she was wearing all the cool maternity calf towns and stuff. Yeah. And now it's sort of like I don't know. I just don't really like those guys in in California, like out of the public eye. And people love Harry, but they don't really care. But she. He's wearing anymore. I don't know. Whatever. I, have another baby. I kind Do of it. I
2: think that Harry and Meghan have sort of like lost their sparkle a little bit, like at least in my eyes, all yeah. well, of Americans' eyes, because, you know, it's great that they're getting people out to vote, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, women's rights. They're doing like all the right things, but they don't seem happy. Like I'm not happy with them. Sarah Huron, what is off? What is going on?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we've all, you know, miss miss harry being with will and kate and all the the royalness of it all which is so foreign to americans so now they're just like every regular old celebrity which you know we've got enough of those um and they haven't really i mean obviously it's been covid but everything they've been doing has been kind of boring i guess like good for them they're trying to help people but yeah i think i think it makes sense if they want to i think it makes sense i stand by that i i'm bored um but i think it makes sense that they want to have baby number two before megan turns 40 and I hope it happens for them. That's obviously something they wanted. I'd love to see more Archie. Maybe we could get yeah. another video of her reading to him. I would like for Archie to have more hair. Like I want to see his like red hair in full effect.
2: I, I agree.
0: Gwen's intention is for Archie to get hair plugs. <laughs> 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 At fifteen months old.
2: At least a wig until the real stuff comes in. But I think that's an interesting point, Sarah, is that I think a lot of the the reason that I'm not as interested is because they were royals in the UK. They were living this very different life. And now they're just celebs signing endorsement deals and like telling us to do things through PSAs. And you're right. We have a lot of that in this country. Kim and Kanye. Big Kim and Kanye news. So, for an update on Kanye's presidential campaign, um, just to remind you of some platforms, Kanye wants to bring back in schools, give more government support to religious groups, and um, has asked his campaign staff to refrain from fornicating outside of mer- marriage <laughs> according to people in the candidacy. So, he's only on the, b- the ballot for a few states like Colorado, Minnesota, Iowa. He's miss some of the deadlines for Florida, California, and all of those. But a source tells us that Kim is, quote, weighing her options when it comes to anything, when it comes to Kanye. She is studying the law, taking care of her kids, so it's difficult to also be caring for a husband who has a mental illness sarah huron what do you think about the current state of kim yay
0: i mean i'm really over kanye still pretending like he has any chance of being president like this is stupid at this point and i i saw something today that he spent like millions of dollars could get on these uh ballots and yeah, it's, like, it's like it's a $4. joke
2: four million dollars and i would just like to remind everyone that his party is called the birthday the birthday party yeah yes, yes.
0: It's not because when he wins, it's going to be everybody's birthday. Um, I disagree. I'm I'm over him. I'm over him for Kim. I, you know, I know they have a lot of kids and it's not great to wish divorce. And this will be my second time this podcast wishing divorce. But you know what? I'm not going to be upset if Kim and Kanye call it quits. If you would have told me a year ago that I was going to say that, I would have been appalled because I was a Kimye apologist, yeah. but I just think she, he's dragging her down.
2: Well, Sarah, we'll make sure to start out the podcast with a list of celebrities you want to get divorced instead of intentions. We'll just say <laughs> what relationships does Sarah here on want to break down. And in relationships, I know Sarah wants to build up big Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Casting news has been made this week. Sarah, take us through a little bit of what has happened with Teddy.
0: Yes. um, Teddy Mellencamp, after three seasons, did not get um, her diamond offered back to her. It has been snatched from yes. her by Bravo. There was this report that came out in Daily Mail about how Teddy was boring and everybody didn't like her. Which so we've seen a million hundred,
2: times on this podcast.
0: Which I don't hate Teddy as much as everybody else does, but whatever. I don't like love her, but I think she actually stirred the pot a decent a amount. With, all, with Puppygate, with Denise, like she she didn't do it perfectly and I don't love her, but I feel like she actually kind of played her role pretty smart, but whatever. It's, they No one asked me. So Teddy said in a video, I don't want to bore you, but I figured to give you a little update about what going on i recently found out that my contract as a housewife is not being renewed of course i could give you the standard response of oh we both came to the decision that would be best but i'm not going to do that it almost feels like a breakup um you develop a strong relationship with the cast with the crew and you get to do incredible things on the show i loved that she didn't pretend like it was a mutual decision like all housewives do mm-hmm. you know unless you're bethany or lisa vanderpump who they would never turn away you're not asked back you can call it fired you can call it cut ties you can call it let go you can call it whatever you want Essentially, they just don't want you. That's kind of like being fired, no? Like, it's the same thing. So we're, we're down another diamond. We know Denise won't be back. We know Teddy won't be back. Um, my favorite part of this whole thing was Lisa Vanderpump's really shady podcast interview that she just gave saying, people said it was because Teddy was boring. I certainly don't have a, didn't have a good experience with her. So boring would be one of the nicer things, I could say. Mm-hmm. Any Anyway, I wish Teddy Melkamp all the best, said no one ever. So that was really shady of LVP. That. And also, there's all this drama right now with Teddy's um, accountability business all in. People are saying that her wellness program and her diet and everything that she was recommending is too restrictive. Some people were claiming they were only allowed 500 calories a day, which Teddy has denied. Um, you have to do one hour of cardio a day. And if you miss the hour, you get kicked out. Again, something Teddy has denied. A bunch of stuff about NDAs. Either way, it just sounds really messy. Um, And I assume Teddy didn't want that on the show, which would be another reason for not to be back. Um, Lisa, of course, commented on that saying, "Um, I think there was something about her business, something about 500 calories a day. I don't know. Anyone could survive on 500 calories a day. I think I eat 500 calories between 2.30 and 4.30 a.m. when I wake up in the middle (laughs) of the
2: night. Seriously, I just like ate 500 calories like staring at my lunch. (laughs) Um, We've also, Us Weekly can report now that Kathy Hilton will be brought on as a friend next season. There were a lot of rumors. She obviously has a lot of ties to the cast, you know, being related to Kyle Richards. Um, So she is going to be a friend on the cast. And Us Weekly can also reveal that while she will not be on the show, Heather Locklear was brought up as a potential castmate as well. So it really seems like they're trying to... The star power.
1: I also think star power, and also stir the pot and get some crazy up in there because, especially now, after Paris's book, there's going to be some really interesting conversation with Kathy Hilton, yeah, and Locklear, Locklear, come on. That would just be like, we're looking for a 5150 every other day.
2: Seriously, well, possibly that's the reason that she's not going on. She was in consideration. She will not be there. Um, But Kathy Hilton definitely will be. And I think you're right. I think it'll be interesting to see because she's such a stepford wife i think she is sort of like the um in celebrity culture the main version of like a stepford wife that we have and to sort of see her like crack and cry you know maybe when they ask about this is paris and everything that she did to her daughters i think Mm -hmm. it might make her a really interesting you know friend on the show and i sort of hope they bring sutton back full time because i really do stand sutton she's such a good housewife
0: (laughs) I think they'll bring Sutton back full time, and I think the Kathy of it all is interesting because Kyle has always pretended that she would love Kathy to be on the show, but we saw what it did to her relationship with Kim, and I think Kim and all three of them are actually finally on good terms, I feel like, for the first time since we've really been introduced to the Hilton Richard yep. sisters drama, um, so I'm sure it's going to rip their entire family apart, and I'll be watching.
2: As will I. Well guys, do you know what it's time for?
1: My God, something exciting.
2: It's time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. This first round of Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania will be judged again by me. And (laughs) then the first two are going to you. Uh, Bruce Springsteen turned 71 this week. And he is fighting against um, Andrea Botticelli, who turns 62 this week. You know,
1: it's like a little bit of an unfair fight, mostly because Andrea Bocelli is blind, I believe, but he does have the voice of an angel. You know, he should have an, an advantage due to the blindness. However, they don't call Bruce Springsteen the boss for nothing. He's going to take him right out.
2: Bruce okay. okay. Fair enough. And then Sarah Huron, you're going to hate this, and that's why I picked it for you. We have Tom Felton, of course, Draco Malfoy star, who turns uh, 35 today. And Joan Jett, iconic 80s rocker, who Sarah Huron is probably unfamiliar with taking the ring.
0: First of all, I saw that Kristen Stewart movie and Dakota okay, I movie you she,
2: the Kristen Stewart movie okay. where she
0: played Joan Jett. Um, so I 100% know who she is. Um, okay. And I hate Harry Potter, and I especially hate Malf- Draco Malfoy, so i love rock and roll go girl
2: yeah she's is your cherry one? mom. oh god well gwen this is gonna be a she's tough a one for you then she's your cherry mom joan mm-hmm. Jett versus the boss bruce springsteen
1: again really 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 tough really tough i'm gonna say that they have a little sing-off they play guitar each plays their own guitar and sings yeah and The melodies together lift them both up, and it's a tie. They (sighs) knock each other out to both wins.
2: Oh my God. I also think that Andre Botticelli woke up and started singing with them and helped the three-way levitation in this beautiful menagerie, menage of celebrity birthday boxing media.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. All
2: right, well, that is all that we have today for Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. I encourage you, demand you, beg you to rate us, star up, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. Again, we love Grandma's in the Retirement Home with old school radios, because that's what we feel like we're doing here. Tell everyone in your life to subscribe, and we will be back next week with a whole new sleuth of breakups, dramas, messiness, and just all around fun on Us Weekly's Hollywood podcast. See you next week.